I'm Mike Vardy. Are you a small business owner struggling to find the right talent for your team? I've been there and I know how challenging it can be. That's why I recommend LinkedIn Jobs. It's not just any job board. It's a community where you can find professionals who are the perfect fit for your business, many of whom aren't checking other job sites. In fact, 70% of LinkedIn users aren't visiting other leading job sites, making LinkedIn your best bet for finding top talent. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can post your job and reach qualified candidates quickly. 86% of small businesses find a qualified candidate within 24 hours. And now you can post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation. That's right, for free. Don't miss out on finding top talent. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash conversation today. Terms and conditions apply. Starting an online business or expanding your physical storefront online has never been easier thanks to Shopify. This global commerce platform supports you at every stage of your business journey. From launching your online shop to managing a million orders, Shopify is there to simplify and accelerate your growth. It's not just about selling products. So Shopify helps you manage every aspect of your business with their all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system. But that's not all. Shopify helps you convert visitors into customers with the best converting checkout process on the internet, which performs up to 36% better than other platforms. And now a special offer for my listeners. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash timecrafting, all lowercase. Whether you're just starting out or looking to scale up, Shopify is the perfect partner for your business. Managing passwords can be a real headache, right? Think about it. Every website requires a new password. Each one needs to be unique, secure, and somehow memorable. But there's a better way. Welcome to the world of 1Password, where your entire company can generate strong, unique passwords, store them securely, and access them across any device without ever needing a reset. Imagine never having to click Forgot Password again. With 1Password's award-winning design, managing passwords becomes a breeze for you and your entire team. It's trusted by millions, including top companies like IBM and Slack. Here's the best part. My listeners can try 1Password for free for two weeks. Right now, get your free trial at onepassword.com slash productiveconvo. Secure your passwords and simplify your online security with 1Password. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. (music) 
welcome to the Productivityist Podcast. I am your host, founder of Productivityist, Mike Vardy. And this week on the show, I have another productivity strategist with me. Uh, Kira Conlon has been studying productivity for as long as I have, a decade. And she has written a new book, Productivity for Dummies, which you know, sounds a bit off-putting at first, but you've probably seen the Dummies series of books, so you know you're going to get a fresh perspective on some stuff that you may already know, maybe a renewed sense of what you might want to explore deeper. And during the writing process, uh, Kira came across some stuff that she was really fascinated by and, and, and even surprised by. And we're going to get into that during our conversation today. So um, I encourage you to go take a look at this book. Again, you know what you're going to get with the Dummy series. And uh, I'm, I'm really excited to have been able to catch up with Kira from across the pond in Ireland. So here we go. Here is my conversation with fellow productivity strategist, Kira Conlon, on the Productivityist podcast. Enjoy. I'd like to welcome Kira Conlin to the Productivityist podcast. Kira, thanks for joining me today. Hi, Mike. Great to talk to you. So it's been a while. We talked about this as we started off. It's been a couple of years. The last time we really spoke was, I mean, other than, you know, email exchanging was um, when you had Chaos to Control, your previous book out. That's and, right. And and now you've got a new one that, that cuts to the chase pretty quickly. The title pretty, I mean, you, it, it's... You know, I mean, when you when you hear the title of this book, you're going to know what series it's from, everybody. But um, it, Tim Ferriss is great at book titles. <laughs> you know, the Four Hour Chef, the Four Hour. It cuts to the. You know, it, it it's compelling. So when you hear the title of Productivity for Dummies, you know that it's part of the Dummy series, which is you already know. I mean, you have a sense of what that uh, what that looks like. Um, and I've been waiting to see a book on the topic of Productivity for Dummies, and I'm glad you got to write it. Uh, how how was it getting putting this thing together, considering that really what you need to do is take a huge step back, you know, in, in what you, you know, you and I have been doing this for a long time, and it's easy to get into the weeds, do you know what I mean? It's really easy to get into the, not just into the, into the you, you kind of have to pull yourself back out and say, okay, what are the basics that if I was starting over, if I'm dealing with somebody new, what they need to know? So when you were putting this this book together, how challenging was that for you to step back and say, okay, um, let's get back into the, the basics of the to-do list or the basics of the calendar or the basics? Like, how, how was that for you, considering that you've been doing this for such a long time? Yeah. Well, the first reaction, I suppose, when when you're faced with it is, uh, you know, how the hell am I going to do this? <laughs> 90,000 <000 laughs> words was like, okay. But fortunately for me, actually, um, I had just been given a, a kick in the backside by a friend who um, had asked me, um, how was my writing going? And I'd started a couple of different books and I wasn't really getting into it. And he challenged me um, to get back into the writing and held me accountable for delivering 5,000 words a week. So that when I was approached then by Wiley, that was fantastic because I knew I could do it. Mm. I knew what it took to deliver 5,000 words. And that's essentially what it turned out to be. Um, so to deliver that amount in six months, I had to, you know, do five to six thousand words. So that helped. But then, as you say, it was a case of, OK, what needs to go into this? You know, as you say, you know, I've been working in productivity for 10 years. I know what I like. I know what I don't like. I know what works for most people. So, you know, it is as exactly as you say, it's a big step back and starting from scratch. The great thing about it, Mike, was that in doing all of this, 
I have tried out methods that I had long ago discarded, you know, things that I had thought that's not going to work for me or, you know, that's not my style. Um, so really in doing it and exploring back from the very beginning um, all the tips and techniques, you know, we may have read about 20 years ago and decided, no, that's not me. It's been amazing for me. And my productivity has has increased vastly in the last year. Um, so, yeah, it's been it's been a great experience from start to finish. You're right. We, we do kind of get stuck in what we as we go through this process, because, you know, I've been in the business for about the same amount of time. Uh, you, you discard stuff along the way, either by just um, the fact that you can't relate to it or it doesn't resonate with you or it's just um, you've already got something that does work for you. So why why go down that path? What was the most surprising of the of the tips or tactics that you you revisited that you've now kind of seen in a completely different light and may even be using now? Okay, there's two. So the first one is one that always irritated me, and that's the Eisenhower matrix. Mm. <laughs> you know, <Yep. laughs> urgent, not urgent, important, not important. And any time anybody would mention that to me, it would make my skin crawl. <laughs> I don't know why. It really, I really hated it. And it's actually um, how I explored it again. I don't know if you're familiar. There is an app now called Eisenhower. Yep. Eisenhower.me. I'll put it in the show yep. notes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And the way the guys uh, explained it, it just made so much more sense to me. Um, and I've actually started to use that in my workshops that I deliver. Um, so prioritization, I always thought people made too much of a fuss over it. You know, really, when you dig down deep, you know what's important. Um, you know, for me in coaching and that, I felt people use it as a as a block. You know, it's, it's like it's very difficult to find your priorities. And I thought that was a, a lot of BS, to tell you the truth. You know, <laughs> so. But but when I've started to use this, I saw it in a new light. I tried it out and then I started to use it in my workshops. You know, I do training sessions for teams and I started to use it and people love it. You know, and, and it was that more than using it myself. It was seeing how much sense it makes to people well, and how they can relate to it. Yeah. And I mean, one of the things that, that I've, I've been looking at it more when it comes to the idea of what I'm doing with the Now Your Method. And it seems to be the one that we that most of us come back to because we're so um, – I mean, it, it's – it's a different way of prioritizing that doesn't say like priority one, priority two, priority three. Like it's an actual um, – it's got some credibility behind it. It's got some some emotional context, some human context behind it as opposed to, well, this has been red, flagged red, so I must do it. This has been flagged orange or whatever. Mm. But but the other thing it, it, that I, I find fascinating about it is that it also works not just for – a specific project. It can work for, okay, let's look at Monday and use the matrix to categorize what I want to do during a day of the week or during a month or to yeah. achieve this goal. So it's incredibly versatile. But when you first start to use it, you think in terms of, okay, what do I have to do today? And then you matrix it out. It doesn't have to be that black and white, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So there's different contexts in which you can use it that, that can make it more powerful. But, um, you know, it was an eye opener for me as well, because, you know, as as we're saying, we've tried out lots of techniques and tools and, and we've decided what works for us. 
And sometimes it may not be exactly what's going to work for your client or for somebody else, you know, so it's good to remember that we all have different styles. So that was one of them. The other thing that blew my mind was the Pomodoro technique. Uh-huh. <laughs> I figured that was going to be the other one. <laughs> um, and, you know, I don't use it for everything. I don't use it every day. But for writing, it was phenomenal. Um, it just really helped me focus. I couldn't believe how much more productive I could become by doing this. I think for tasks that you know exactly what you need to achieve, it can be more powerful. But the part of it that, you know, I realized why it was working is the break, the five minute break, Um, because that reminded me to drink water. It reminded me to stand up and maybe stretch. You know, I'd suffer from when you're doing a lot of writing and your shoulders get tense. Mm -hmm. That wasn't happening anymore. I was getting less headaches because I was less stressed and remembering to breathe. So that really, really worked for me. And I used it in combination with um, two apps or two websites. One was Brain FM. Yep. And the other one, Focus at Will. Yes, which I know I've used Focus at Will. And actually, I still use it. it, I really like the combination of the music or the or the compositions cuz it's not really the compositions that go along with it because when i was using 3030 which was an app that that is pomodoro and there's lots of them there's pomodoro time i mean you could go you could even go buy that tomato from the pomodoro technique website yeah. <laughs> um although i don't i mean again it's a 15 dollar tomato do you really need to buy it? <laughs> um but i love focus at will and those because it's the music is playing you get into the state of flow, which I definitely want to talk about flow. But also, um, when the timer goes off, it, it's almost as if – and this is – again, I, I tend to use it for when – exactly how you do When I know I need to get certain things done and, and, and procrastination may set in. Um, we just finished spring break here as we're recording this. So the kids were home. Two weeks. They get two weeks now. I don't know why Yay. that. Yay, exactly. <laughs> Today is their first day back at school, and I, and I am going to be able to get a lot more done because there's not as much going on around the house. But for me, having that 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 ping go off as soon as I'm done 25 minutes was very, you know, it was like, oh, it, it kind of broke me from mm. my trance. And I also use the Pomodoro technique, and I don't know if you do it for this, but for tasks that I know that I need to do. That I don't necessarily want to do, so I, I will only. And uh, when I talk about time-based modes, twenty-five minutes is one of the modes I use because it's a it's equal to a Pomodoro. And you know, we all know, and I'm, I'm sure you mentioned this in the book about the science behind it and all that stuff. But it it pushes me to do these tasks that I'm not really necessarily going to enjoy, but I'm going to be making measured progress with them. And that's the one thing that the Pomodoro technique does that. Eisenhower Matrix really doesn't do that. Not many do is give you a definitive, something we can all understand, which is an increment of time that if I say it's going to take us 25 minutes, like when we started recording, I said, this is how long it's going to take. You and I have an understanding of what that is. But if I say something like, we're going to stop when I feel like it, you're like, okay, but what about when I feel like it? Like, how are we going to, you know? So time is is that that common ground that we all have. And the Pomodoro technique taps into that, I think. 
Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I found it so surprising that I thought it would disturb my flow, as you mentioned, you know, that no, I could focus for a, a hell of a lot longer than 25 minutes. But and, and then I tried it out for the 45 minutes, maybe try for mm-hmm. 45 minutes, but it didn't have the same effect. It, no. it, it really it really works. There's, there's really re- something there. There's <laughs> a reason why television shows are 22 to 25 minutes in length without with commercials. Like it's just it's an attention span thing. And yeah. and you know what? When people um and I don't know if you you recommend this, I know I do. If people have a task that's going to take an extended period of time, you know, like working on a book, first off, you, we'll we'll get into what a task really is in a little bit because I want I know I want you to touch on that. But I I don't say things like, you know, work on it for an hour at a time. If 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 you've got a task that's going to take you several hours to complete, I will use the 25-minute mode kind of um, attribution that I attach to it. And I will say, you know, work on, you know, book proposal, let's say. Uh, and yeah. again, I'm being very glib here because I would normally say, you know, a bit more specificity behind it. But at the 25, it just – it's a repeating task. So it's recurring. So it will always come back. I think what a lot of people have problems with is that they, they say, this is going to take me three hours to do and I'm not going to mark it off until it's done. And the problem with that is that y- you you can't – you don't get a sense of accomplishment. You don't get that sense of achievement by saying, hey, I worked on this for 25 minutes. Check. Pomodoro Technique definitely gives you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And that's a very good point that you make as well, you know, and being more specific about exactly what you're doing. And that was something, uh, as I described to you about when, you know, I started this book, I had the table of contents created before I started to write. Mm -hmm. Everything was in it. Now, obviously, it changed when I got into working on it and I could make changes, no problem. But when you sit down and you know exactly what you're going to do, and as you say, when you finish it and you can tick that box, it's an amazing feeling. You know, so it's so important to be much more specific and to create those time blocks and know exactly what's going into them. And that's you know, definitely something that I would have done previously, but not in as much detail. Did you find during the process of writing or even now and, – and I mean I – I've I've noticed this myself is that you get lax on some of this stuff even even you know I mean I've caught myself doing things like work on book as a task <laughs> do you know what I mean like I think we all fall I mean I think it's important to note that we all fall victim to this you know from time to time because we get in our own way you know we 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 just want to get it out of our head or you know I mean I was dealing with a client the other day and they said, I have to enter the sales PO. And I said, well, what are the steps before that? And they didn't have any of the steps before that down. And here I am like giving this person the gears about it. But then I looked at my list and it said, you know, uh, write blog post. Well, that's not really, you know, I mean, so, so we all kind of, did you notice during the writing process of this book and during the exploration, the, 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 the creep of those, old habits that you probably had in place when you first started out or even before you started? Yeah, I mean, you have to remember, Mike, the title of my first book, Chaos mm-hmm. to Control. <laughs> yes, fair point. <laughs> Chaos is my natural tendency. So, right. you know, this happens to me weekly, if not daily, that I, you know, fall off the wagon. Um, but the beauty of doing all this, and this is something that I, you know, say to the people that I work with is, When you have some kind of a system, when you've decided what that system is and you know that it works, it doesn't matter how often you fall off the wagon. 
it's how easy it is to get back on track. It's knowing what you're going to do. So when you walk into your office and your desk is a mess, you don't panic because you know that in the space of 15 minutes, you can have that all cleared, all planned, and you can focus again. Uh, so that for me is, you know, it, it, it's a normal part of life. Yeah, I start a new habit. There's certain things that I've stuck with since the beginning of my productivity journey, let's say. Um, but I won't do them as exactly as you say to the same detail. So the calendar is the one thing that changed my life. And that turned me from that chaotic, disorganized person into somebody who could focus, who could finish tasks, who could achieve something in her life. Um, you know, and the calendar was powerful. But some weeks it will be, you know, very organized and very specific. And other weeks it will be looser. Now, let's talk with the calendar because um, you you solicited some... some uh... You looked at some stuff for the calendar, and I think I, I I was looking through the book. I'm like, hey, there I am, and I knew I was, <laughs> and I thought it was great. But one of the things that um, so pick up the book to to read what just to get to that chapter alone. No, I'm just kidding. It's a great book. <laughs> um, but but w- the calendar that's a tricky one for a lot of people when they're first diving into productivity because they're so used to putting everything on there and 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 the or, or nothing on there at all or whatever, and it's. It's it's almost like email, and we'll get to email, of course. I want to talk about email management. But when you were looking and researching for the book and, and figuring out how you wanted to approach the calendar, you talk about getting things done, the getting things done methodology in there. We know what David Allen has said about that, you know, date-specific appointments. Um, there's some stuff that I've said that's in there, that, that you know, the theming idea and stuff. Um, how... How easy was it or, or, or how challenging was it for you to look at the calendar and go, okay, well, this is how powerful the calendar has been for me. Here are some other thoughts behind it. How do I how do I push people, not necessarily push people in the right direction, but how do mm-hmm. I make sure that everyone is kind of – people can make a decision on it and and not feel like they can stick to what they've been doing in the past, which is probably not much at all. Do you know what I'm getting at? Yeah. Well, in my experience, um, I would say 80% of people don't use their calendar for planning out any kind of work. And it is, as you say, if I'm working with somebody, it's a challenge to get them to see the value in it. You know, so my line is always, humor me, do it for a week, do it for, you know, two weeks, (laughs) see what comes out of it. And yeah, a lot of the time people don't, and a lot of the time people see how powerful it is. My take on the calendar is, you know, some people say don't put too much detail in it or your calendar is not for your tasks. Um, it's for big. It's a bigger planning tool. I think that is a personal thing. I think once you use your calendar and you find how it works best for you, that's when it's going to work. Right. You know, so when I'm doing personal coaching, you know, I tease it out with people. It's like, let's start putting something in and see how how it feels. Obviously, you have to be careful with the people who get too excited and everything's thrown in there and then they're disappointed that they're not getting it done. But I think it's it, it's a definitely something I think that you have to try little by little and, and, and get a feel for yourself. I think it's the only part of productivity that is the balancing act. Do you know what mm. I mean? I mean, email is not really a balancing act. Uh, in my mind, it's like, you know, don't spend, my, my philosophy behind it is, get out of your inbox as soon as possible because you are getting information from others at the same time. And and you and I can definitely talk about that in a minute. But yeah. 
the calendar is is you're right it's and i've even found that this has happened to me because you know the the popular advice and it, it ebbs and flows you and i again we've been in doing this for a decade now the popular advice initially was don't put anything in your calendar other than date specific appointments follow that david allen getting things done you know advice lately it's become the if it's not scheduled it's not going to happen so put everything in your calendar and I think that both are, like you said, I think there's no absolutes there. I think that, which is why when I talk about theming, it actually lends itself more to the put everything in your calendar in a lot of ways. Most people say, oh, you don't schedule. I'm like, well, that's not entirely true because if I theme like today as we're recording this, it's writing day. So you and I are having this discussion right now. We wrap up. I don't have to necessarily, I don't have to go to my to-do list to search for the next thing to do. I say, oh, it's Tuesday. It's writing day. Let me look for all the things I can do when I'm in writing mode. So it's, it's interesting. And I would imagine that as you were writing this, and you know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. You probably, did you go through that process again where it's like, okay, this is what it was like. This is what it is now. And Yep, you know what? It's a balancing act. Uh, you know the, the what you've just came up with the, the the observation you've come up with. Did that happen during the writing process, or was it something that when you went into the chapter, you're like, no, you know what? This I already know this is a balanced issue. I'm going to make sure I present it in such a way. You know, I think I did, but you've only just made me realize that I did uh, mm. <laughs> realize that it's a balancing. <laughs> um, I think I you know, started off realizing, hey, I mightn't be using my calendar as much as I should be, or, you know, should I be doing this better? And then at the end of it realized, I think it's down to the type of tasks as well, the type of work you're doing. Right. And I see that with clients, you know, some job roles lend itself to putting more in the calendar. Others don't. Um, others have to be a lot more reactive, have to leave a lot you know, more space in their calendar for for maybe people reporting to them or to give time to their team or, you know, lots of different reasons. But personally, like if I'm working on my blog, which I'm afraid I haven't done too much of lately with the writing book and studying, but, you know, I will just put time in my calendar for blog. I have all the stuff that I want to do in Evernote and I'll then enjoy going looking in Evernote and saying, okay, what's next? So because it's not, because there's nobody dependent on me, I think I allow myself that looser um, schedule with the blog to, to, to make it more enjoyable and not be so driven by, you know, what needs to get done next. Right. But when you're doing a job that you need to report to somebody, this stuff is more important, more urgent then maybe you need to be a little bit tighter on on what needs to be delivered when. So, yeah, I think I think that's definitely um, something everybody has to learn and balance for themselves. But one thing that I do say with people is, you know, maybe be harder on yourself to start out. So it's like a case of you, you need to learn the rules before you can allow yourself to break them. So, you know, do it to the T, you know, follow the book and then decide, you know, for yourself, well, maybe I can go easier on this. Um, but I think it's a good idea to stick to the rules for a couple of months. And then you can you can decide for yourself. All right. Email. Uh, we're getting, we're, we'll be getting close to wrapping up soon. But I want to talk about email because email is one of those areas where people get stuck. And I don't mean they get stuck in that they don't know what to do. 
It's that they already have a sense of what they have been taught to do or should do, and it may not be necessarily the right course of action. Um, how do you treat email? And when you approached it in this book, it must have been a real hot button issue because most people equate, you know, being productive with getting your email down to zero by the end of the day, which you and I both know is not the true meaning of inbox zero, as Merlin Mann coined it, or really being productive. So how did you tackle that? Because it, it's such a prevalent and and uh, integral part of our work and even our personal lives. How do you how did you broach the subject and maybe either a steer people away from it or steer people to more responsible use of it? Mm-hmm. I think with email management, it's not going to work unless you have a task management system that works. So you need to have the system set up to enable email management to work. You know, I've, I've taught so many people how to manage their, their email, and the ones it works for are the ones that have the backup. They know where things are going. They know why they're going there. It doesn't work. You know, people's inboxes get cluttered up again because they don't know where to put things. So to tackle e- email, you need to know where you're going. And you need to know what you want to do with all of these tasks. Um, So that's really essential for me is the the system. That can be the tricky part for people because when people are trying to get organized, they're starting with the email, they're still feeling around their way, um, they're still doing productive and not being productive. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, they're still trying out different apps and they haven't decided on what one they're going to use. So I think that's really important to to, to tackle that first uh, before trying to get bogged down with, with uh, you know, getting down to zero or maintaining, because that's it. It's maintaining it um, at a, a manageable level that work is moving, work is flowing through your um, through your desk or through your office. How do you uh, – to get people to do that? So, I mean, for example – I'll, get, I'll throw an example out there. One of the things that I teach people to do is I teach them to forward it. Just, I mean, every good task manager worth its salt has the ability to get things from email to it fairly quickly. Uh, the easy step is to just give them the email address that the task apps are to do is to sauna, wonderlist, whatever, and say, just forward it there. But the, the next step is to, before you forward it, rename the subject line so that way you know what the heck it is as opposed to this forward colon, you know, receipt for X. Um, How that's something I almost I don't really introduce that right away. I introduce them the idea that they can get things into their email into their task management tool or into Evernote if they're going to use it for information management. Um, How when you when you when you when you teach people this and and in the book, do you once you've established that they need to that, that they understand that they're like, okay, you know, you're absolutely right. I spend too much time in email. What steps do you undertake, especially in a book called Productivity for Dummies that says, okay, here are the baby steps to help you along the way and see the inherent value behind it so that you're not jumping back into email as the default, which is what most people do even after they put these things in place. Yeah, I think, you know, as you say, it's you don't want to get into too much detail. So the advantage is getting it into the task manager. Mm-hmm. If you have to then tweak it, rename it in any way, I don't see that as a big deal. I think that the, the beauty is getting it there. 
once you're then in the task manager, you can rearrange things. You can, it's, yeah, it's building yeah. the neural pathway to say, okay, Absolutely. this is the habit. So, you know, I know that every time I do this, this is where it will be. So it builds the trust. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's it. Exactly. So, you know, even for me, like I use, uh, I think thanks to your recommendation, air mailer, mm-hmm. um, and as you know, you can right click, send to do it, send to Evernote, you know, and it's it's just seamless. Not every email client works as easy as that. Not every email client has the facility. So it depends on what one you're using. But for me, I think it's important enough to, to you know, spend the money or change the, the email client that enables you to send it seamlessly to whatever app you're using. Um because I think that if it doesn't happen easily, you're not going to do it. And even for me personally, um, you know, if I have to start putting in subjects and, you know, trying to get the subject title into the right category, I won't do it. Well, you're spending too much time in email because by the time you do that, there could be three more emails that have landed in your inbox too, right? So, by, yeah. Uh, last question, tools. So you just mentioned airmail, which is great. Um, people get pulled by tools very easily. Uh, marketing of these tools is fantastic. There's so many email apps out there, for example. There's so many calendar apps, so many task management applications. What is, do you recommend in, in the book, uh, you know, stick with a task app for this long, stick with a tool for this long, uh, don't tweak it until you've, you know, you've gotten comfortable with it or don't move to another one until you find that you've come up with this roadblock and, and avoid, you know, switching consistently. How do you address that in the book? Because that's a big problem for a lot of people. They feel that the app is going to be the solution. And, and you and I both know that's just not true. Yeah. I think you read the chapter exactly because that's exactly what I say, you know, <laughs> <laughs> try it out. No, I do say, you know, try it out. And I can't remember the exact amount of time that I've said, but I think it's, you know, a couple of months because it is that every tool works all the tools that are out there you know the majority of them will do the job until you know what you want from it there's no point in changing mm-hmm. yeah for some people now the interface can make a difference some people are more visual and they don't like the look of one over the other that's okay you know you can try it out and say no I don't like the look of this one I'm going for the other one but you know you can do that once maybe twice well, you don't even have to do, I mean, <laughs> technically, there are so many tools out there now, video, screen capture. I mean, you could say, okay, I'm going to look at a tool and then go find the tool and see how a, see a YouTube exactly. video of how it interacts. Yeah. And you're like, you know what? No, this isn't for me. So that might be a way to go as well instead of, I mean, ultimately, you want to make a decision on a tool. And sometimes you don't have a choice, you know, based on where you work or what have you. And that's why it's important yeah. that you take your approach and put it in. So um, I think that that you know when you when you've got a book called productivity for dummies out there you've got so much i mean there are there's so much packed into this book i mean there's there's so many parts i mean you you talk about recommended websites to go to i mean there's six parts 20 a crazy amount of chapters there's a cheat sheet i mean you've covered everything in here um maybe with the exception like you said of being feeling a little bit guilty about the review um (laughs) (laughs) But then they can come talk to you about it because they can find you online. And where can they find where can they find the book, Kira? And where can they find you online? Yeah, my my website is kiraconlon.com. Um and the book is available on Amazon and 
you know, it, it should be available in, in bookstores over your side of the world um, soon enough. Um, but yeah, it's available on all the online sites. Awesome. Uh, awesome. Kira, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Big thanks to Kira for joining me this week on the podcast. As mentioned, she came across some stuff as she was writing this book that she didn't really think about. And uh, I think it's awesome when you can go back and look at a topic that you're you know, so passionate about and you get this sense of vigor when you are reintroducing yourself to certain things. And so I think it's, it was awesome to see and hear her talk about that. I actually got to watch... Uh, her face when she was uh, talking to me about this because we actually had video going and it was just really cool the, the passion that we share about productivity is just something that that is is infectious and, and we were able to feed off each other really well I always enjoy talking to her so in, pick up the book productivity for dummies uh, and you'll get to hear some of what I said in the book as well because uh, some of the stuff as you heard was from the mouth of Mike Vardy. So <laughs> there you have it. Uh, that's it for this week's episode of the podcast. Again, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I would like to thank podcast producer John Polster for putting the show together. I'd like to thank all of you for listening. And if you want to get more people listening to the show like I do, and you want to help me out, you can leave a rating or review on iTunes, spread the show socially via Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, wherever you want to do that. And if you want to go one step beyond that, you can become a Patreon supporter. You'll get extra content content, not just in the weekly episodes, but an additional bonus episode. There are perks available to you, including direct access to me through productivity as coaching calls. You get a 20-minute session every month. And also, you'll be part of a large community in our exclusive Slack team where you can contact me quite regularly. So it, it's the closest you can get to direct access with me without you know, going for one of the, our, our coaching programs at Productivity. So head over to patreon.com slash productivityist if you're interested in doing that. And if not, again, just spread the word. I'd love to get more and more people listening to this. That's it for this week's episode. Thanks again to all of you for listening. Thanks to Kira Common for joining me on the show. And this is Mike Vardy, the host of the show, founder of Productivityist and Productivity Strategist, reminding you, stop guessing and start going.